Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode, episode 78 of the Canberra Football Show, round six review. A uh, lot to get into today, so we'll get cracking. But uh, while I introduce Michael, I just have one thing to say. A lot of fantastic goals this week, Michael. A lot of fantastic goals, Matt. Probably the most spoiled uh, the fans uh, have been so far this season. I mean, across all the competitions and games that were going on over the past weekend, I mean, there were some absolute crackers. Uh, so obviously keen to get into that, but it was really good to see sort of a lot of different really good goals uh, as well. Obviously some of those coming in the same game that we'll get into a little bit later, but some sensational football on display, some great goals, so you couldn't really ask for much more. You certainly couldn't, and I believe you have the first game this week. What was the uh, first offering for MPL? Yeah, it was a very, very convincing win for the O'Connor Knights, Matt, against West Canberra Wanderers. It was O'Rourke with a hat-trick in this one for Kresic, Adams, and Angelo Sante got on the score sheet for the visitors. Obviously, the main thing that sort of stands out when looking at sort of the score and what occurred in this game, you can't help but look past O'Rourke's hat-trick uh, in the first half. Again, just showing what a quality talent he is in this league and for the O'Connor Knights, showing just how valuable of a player he is. And sort of beyond that, they were able to put together a really strong 90-minute performance, I felt, in this one, Matt. I particularly really enjoyed the three goals that they scored in the opening half that sort of set them on their way as, you know, they were all really well-worked goals, sort of nice passing around the pitch uh, as they built their way up into the final third before, you know, O'Rourke on each of those three occasions was finishing off the move. So it sort of just goes to show obviously how well uh, each of those players get along uh, on the pitch, but these players and this squad has obviously been together now for quite a few years. So you can really see that out on the field, that level of understanding between each of the players playing together. They know where each other are, where they're going to be on the pitch. And I thought that that was really uh, highlighted to a T uh, with those three goals uh, in the first half. And then obviously, you know, you take that into the, uh, second half of play and, you know, you got Cressage who scored a very, very good goal from outside the box on his left foot. We know how good he is on his left foot. And obviously they continued that momentum when uh, Adams scored from the penalty spot. So they were 5-0 up before the 60-minute mark. So it just goes to show, like I said, how well they had played in this game uh, as a whole for the 90 minutes, not just for one half, and then taking their foot off the pedal for the next half. This was a wholehearted 90-minute performance from start to finish. And then Angela Sante as well, uh, getting in a good position in the box to finish beyond uh, the goalkeeper. Obviously, to score the sixth goal of the game, Matt, uh, which, again, sort of underlines just how dominant they were in this game, albeit against a struggling West Canberra Wanderers side that's obviously lacking some confidence at the minute and it just becomes a question of how and when are they going to sort of pick themselves up to get some points on the board and really look to 
at least start to build a foundation where they can sort of pick up points, put in some good performances as the season wears on. But I think the main takeaway for this one was just how good the O'Connor Knights looked in this one. They certainly looked like a top four side in this game and very interested to see how they go over the next coming weeks, especially uh, when they come up against, you know, what we would classify as uh, tougher sort of opposition based on what we've seen in the league uh, so far. Uh, yeah, and O'Connor Knights also up to third now in the table. So very impressive string of matches for them. Uh, another team that's also been very impressive got a victory to, uh, also on Saturday or Sunday, I believe. It was Canberra Olympic, 3-2 winners over Monaro Panthers. Some stunning goals in this one. Olympic opened the score in the 17th minute as a corner was brought in and a bounce off the defence went into the path of Cal Smith. He hit it for the first time and he unleashed a bullet of a shot along the ground for the bottom right corner. Nicely taken there. In the 33rd minute, Olympic doubled their lead as Popovich won the ball, broke on the counter and laid it off to Flores. Flores was able to put in a looping cross over to Kofi Danny, who struck first time with a header in the back of the net. With 12 minutes left to play, Monaro halved the deficit um, as Minot Smith took a free kick on the left on the left side of the box, which found Michael John to header at home for Monaro to make it 2-1. Ten minutes later, just before stoppage time, Thomas James hit an absolute beauty of a free kick. The forward stepped up from outside the box and hit a curler into the left corner. Top bins, as they say. Fantastic goal here. Go check it out. I think Russ has the, the clip on his YouTube, and I'm sure Olympic have shared it as well on their page. Go check it out. Minari hit back late into stoppage time as Minot Smith received the ball from Adam New, I believe it was, and hit it first time, a curler that dipped into the bottom left corner. Another great goal here. A great win for Olympic, which means that they are now they now stay at the top of the table uh, with 15 points, three points over Tigers. Tigers, of course, still have a game in hand. Uh, nonetheless, though, Olympic table toppers after six rounds. Minara now dropped to fourth place with that loss, two points behind the O'Connor Knights and six points off Olympic, no games in hand for Monaro. Um, Michael, uh, so many great goals there. And um, the next one, I believe, had just as many. Oh, it certainly did. You know, we're carrying on that theme of some cracking goals that I think is going to sort of dominate the headlines for this podcast, certainly, Matt. But it was Tuggerong United 3, Tigers FC 4, an absolute classic encounter that went on uh, in Tuggeranong between Tuggeranong United and Tigers. For Tuggeranong, Walker got on the score sheet, Hislop and Stevens. For Tigers, it was Tanesky, Kalfas, Golevsky and Borgner. Like I said, it was an absolute classic, this match. I don't know if many people would have predicted to, you know, guess that this would have unfolded between these two teams, especially a seven-goal thriller. So it sort of just goes to show the unpredictability about this league, Matt. And it was a absolutely fantastic game of football. You know, you touched on it there. There were some absolute belters, uh, particularly from Tigers FC, uh, that was scored in this match. And I thought overall in this contest, Matt, that 
Tuggenong United, they showed some real glimpses of improvement in in this match compared to previous weeks where they've struggled to get results, uh, especially in front of goal. Well, I mean, that's something that we've sort of noted in the past when they were in the MPL competition that they obviously find themselves back in now, having been promoted from last year's CPL competition. So it's good to see that they were able to score three goals, at, especially at home as well, treating the home fans to some to some goals. So I think that that's a real sign of improvement for them to be able to get on the score sheet. And it'll obviously be something that they will want to carry on moving forward as the season goes on. And, you know, the first goal uh, of this match really was something special, wasn't it, Matt? Tanesky's strike was absolutely fantastic. Um, and, you know, the last goal for Tigers in this game uh, from Giuliano Borgner, those two are going to be up there for goals of the season. Yeah, I mean, you you can make a case for either one of those goals being goal of the season. That's how good both of them are. You can't even really pick either of them apart. Uh, that's how good these goals were. And like, like I said, Tanesky, he opened the scoring outside the box, just hit an absolute rocket. It was an unbelievable goal into the top corner, keeper rooted to the spot. That's how good of a strike uh, it was to give Tigers, you know, the, the perfect start in this game. But, you know, Tuggeranong, they, they didn't let their heads down uh, and they got level soon after uh, to make it 1-1 uh, after 15 minutes of play uh, before the 15-minute mark, sorry, uh, through Walker from the penalty spot. You know, Tigers were unlucky not to hit the the front mat uh, from a free-kick situation uh, as they struck the crossbar, but it looked like to be a fantastic save from the goalkeeper. Uh, so it looked like he got a hand on it to tip it onto the crossbar. But nevertheless, a really good chance for Tigers to obviously get back into the lead. Uh, and, you know... The game sort of just became a little bit uh, cagey between both sides. It, it was really neck and neck, obviously going into half time uh, with the scores locked. But then, obviously, the second half, and in particular, the uh, period of the match just under half an hour to go, that's when things just absolutely took a turn. We 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 saw goals in abundance uh, for, from both sides, not just one. So. Uh, you had Kalfas, you know, uh, doing what he does in front of goal, just calm, cool, collect, uh, sorry, collected uh, to score and give Tigers the lead before Tuggeranong yet again get themselves back into the match a little bit time, uh, a little bit of time later, uh, not straight away uh, in the 81st minute through uh, Hislop. And this was a fantastic goal as, as well, Matt. Um, I'm sure you would have seen it. It was a, a brilliant finish with his left foot over uh, Cole to make it 2-2. I think that what would have been devastating for Tuggeranong, though, is the fact that they went on to concede a penalty, you know, so close to the end of the game, but the scores locked at 2-2, which obviously Golevsky converted with confidence. And then, you know, I touched on it earlier when getting into the breakdown of this match, but Borkner produced an absolutely outrageous goal again from outside the box a right-footed strike but this one sort of looked like it had sort of gone up and then dipped and gone straight into the back of the net all at a unbelievable pace to show that it really cannoned off his foot and 
It was an unbelievable strike. I mean, I've watched it a fair few times now and you sort of just watch it back each time going, how, how was he able to do that? But nevertheless, it was a fantastic goal. It's 4-2 at that point. Obviously, uh, Tuggeranong United make it semi-interesting with Steven scoring uh, a header from a free kick in injury time to make it 4-3, but ultimately it just, there just wasn't enough time, Matt. But I think for the neutral, you, you'd want that game to sort of just continue you know, given how that was going in the second half, particularly that last 30 minutes of the game, it was absolutely entertainment central between Tigers and Tuggeranong United. So a great game, you know, even though Tuggeranong lost, like I said, they can take plenty of positives out of that, like their form in front of goal, which they'll be looking to sort of take on into the rest of the campaign. And for Tigers, obviously it's another win. They've made a great start to the season and they sit second in the, in the ladder having played one game uh, less than league leaders, Canberra Olympic, that we will touch on. Uh, well, that you, sorry, that you did touch on uh, just a moment ago, Matt. So neck and neck between, you know, Canberra Olympic at the top there and Tigers FC uh, in second place, just behind them. Yeah, and we go from that game there, which had a which obviously was another very competitive game. And we go on to another one, another thriller that was, um, let's not forget, both teams backed up in this one from cup action midweek when Canberra, Croatia knocked out Bengali United 5-3, which went to injury time. They both backed up to play each other again. Funny how that works out. This always this always seems to happen when yeah, there's a cup game and then they back up um, literally the next match a few days later. Uh, in this one, it was a draw, 2-2, a fiery affair as always. Bengali United against Canberra, Croatia. Croatia opened the scoring uh, this one for a well-taken penalty kick from new signing Lukman Ahmed Shaibu just before half time. Ten minutes into the second half, Kazbatafta struck from outside the box and scored a second for Canberra, Croatia. Not long after the second goal, Stephen Dominici uh, was origin was given a yellow card originally for what was said to be a high challenge from what they were discussing on commentary. Uh, after consulting with his linesman, the ref ended up giving a straight red uh, to Dominici and Croatia were down to 10 men. Uh, this was discussed quite a bit at the moment uh, because at the moment of time, because not long after that, there was a similar challenge uh, from Gungalan, which was also given a yellow. So, Quite a bit of talking points on this one. I'll leave that up for the discussion. In the 62nd minute, Gungalan took advantage of the man uh, of the man advantage and got themselves on the score sheet. Uh, it was an own goal from Matt Gervisher as it deflected off him from a strongly driven Josh Gaspari free kick. Seven minutes later, before stoppage, sorry, seven minutes before stoppage time, it was Gungalan who went down to ten men as Nick Dahl was give, given a second yellow card. It seemed like Croatia were going to take home the win uh, in the until the 94th minute. A free kick was nicely placed for Fernando to header it in the back of the net for 2-2. So late drama there in this one, uh, as there always is between these two sides. Another exciting game, plenty of drama, plenty of talking points for everyone to discuss. Another two red cards, which I believe there was also two red cards um, in the cup match. I believe... Or either that or it was um, a match just before. We've just seen a lot of red cards. They're all sort of forming into one now. Uh, so both teams, of course, like I mentioned, backed up midweek. Uh, good comeback from Gungalan. Uh, 
without Jack Green as well, who went off early in this one with a knock. Max Green as well seemed to come off just after half time with a bit of a knock as well. Uh, their placement on the table after this one is fifth place, uh, one point off the top four with a game in hand. So they're well placed to launch themselves back in into the top four race at uh, at some time with a match in hand. Canberra Croatia, I'm sure, will feel a little annoyed by the end result, especially considering that they were that close to taking out the game uh, before Gungalan's late goal. Uh, it still feel, feels a little weird to say that Canberra Croatia are in sixth place with five points. However, like I mentioned last week as well, uh, they still have that game in hand and just one more win similar to Gungalan will launch them back into contention in this one. So still a long way to go in this season. Another fiery affair, Michael, between these two sides. A lot of talking points, which I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of opinions on. So uh, it was, as always, an eventful affair between those two sides. Uh, we have some more, I don't doubt, cracking matches uh, to play in round seven this weekend to cap off the first batch of matches. And then after that, everyone plays each other again for another seven uh, in the reverse fixture. So, Michael, what are those matches this weekend? Well, we kick things off with West Canberra Wanderers up against Gungahlin United Saturday, May 20th, 2pm at Melrose Synthetic. We then follow that by O'Connor Knights up against Tuggernong, uh, sorry, Tigers FC, Saturday, May 20, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. We then have Monaro Panthers up against Tuggernong United, also Saturday, May 20, but this one's at 5.45pm at Riverside, so you can go catch a you know, the West Canberra game at 2 p.m. or the O'Connor Knights versus Tigers match at 3 and then make your way over to Queanbeyan to get more football action at 5.45 there at Riverside. And then lastly, we have Canberra Croatia up against Canberra Olympic in a Sunday classic. This one will be on Sunday, May 21st, 3 p.m. at Deakins Stadium. So a very entertaining clash there for the Sunday kickoff and some very, very good games in the three Matches going on on the Saturday, Matt. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the MPLW segment. Jeremy McGahn is back with us. Jeremy, it's been a couple of weeks. Well, I saw you on Saturday, but just in terms of the show, how's it been? Yeah, very good. Thanks for uh, having me back. Yeah, right. How much how much football have we actually had in two weeks? It looks <laughs> like every single game was rained out. It's good to uh, good to have some football back, and good to see you, boys. Always good to see you as well. Well, let's start with the match that you and I did uh, together at McKellar Park. Less than 10 minutes into this match, Belko went down to 10. Uh, Riley Ewan, uh, who was the keeper for this one as well, uh, came off her line to try and win the ball. It's look, I don't know how to... Jeremy, Jeremy could probably explain it better when uh, he gives um, his thoughts on this one. Seemed like she tried to stop the attacker. Uh, but it wasn't like completely full on. Uh, personally, my opinion, I didn't feel it was it was a red. I would say yellow only because there were three defenders around her, and it wasn't like she just completely pushed her to the ground or anything like that. It wasn't the last man. But again, that's just my opinion. Uh, the red card didn't stop Belko though from playing the way they wanted to play. Uh, as they took the lead uh, in the 16th minute, Bessie Reifmuller. Received a ball, turned her marker, and smashed a bullet past the keeper. This was great technique here from her. Uh, Kira Bobbin doubled the lead for her side not long into the second half as she converted a penalty kick. Belko made it 3-0 in the 65th minute. The CUA tried to back pass it to the keeper. She, uh, the keeper went to kick it away. However, Reith Muller was there right in her path, 
to stop it and uh, ball ricocheted off her into the back of the net. Six minutes from time, Belconnen United made it 4-0. Rife Muller passed it to Bobbin, who neatly touched the ball around her defender, turned and hit it past the keeper. An- another great piece of skill here from Belconnen. Very, very good performance from Belconnen, especially being down to 10 men. Uh, impressive to keep playing the way they... Uh, that they want to play despite having that numerical disadvantage. Uh, you can see how much it meant to them, especially uh, the everyone on the bench after they scored that fourth goal uh, to put in such a performance despite being down to 10 uh, players. Uh, they still sit in second place, one point behind Canberra Croatia, and they have a match in hand. Canberra Croatia don't, similar to Olympic as well, I will mention later. Uh, not the best day at the office for the CUA, despite having the man advantage for uh, most of this one. It uh, just seemed like they just weren't on their game today, Jeremy, or on Saturday, Jeremy. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a bit disappointed from, from the academy, given that, you know, you, you're you playing against 10 players from the, the seventh minute onwards. And as you said, you know, the, the red card, in your opinion, in my opinion as well, and, and we said it live on commentary, was probably a bit harsh. Uh, you know, and, and looking at the replay, it looks like the the academy forward is actually pushed on to Rally Yuen, who then sort of like proceeds to foul. You know, it's it's silly that Rally Yuen finds herself there to start with because there was a defender uh, right next to the ball and, and then she decided to come out and to show that she was a football, uh, an outfield player and not a goalkeeper. Unfortunately, that led to a foul. I don't think it was a red card, but the red card was given. It allowed us to uh, to see the prowess of Peltine as as a goalkeeper. Who would think that uh, such a talented playmaker is as good between the posts as well? And, and no offense to 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 Pearl, her size as well, um, that height I should say doesn't uh, doesn't let you believe that she's going to be this confident uh, with the hands. But it was uh, it was good. I think Scott Collin would be happy to know he has that many uh, potential uh, keepers with Ellie Summers being uh, being injured. But anyway, as you we were saying, the academy didn't take advantage of uh, of that numerical advantage, and you know conceded uh, just because Belconnen, I think, were a little bit too strong for, for the academy. Even uh, with only nine players on the on the pitch, they were just running everywhere, and and they really put on a show. You know, I think Maya Rathalski had probably the best game I've seen her um in the WNPL. She was literally everywhere on the pitch, and you know all all the players decided to just you know run a little bit more than what they should. Um, with given the circumstances and they did that really well. And then we saw early in the second half, clearly uh, Scott Conlon, you know, putting his team ready to score a second goal early and, and going with that 3-3-3 three, 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 uh, kind of tactic. And it worked really well for them immediately. And, and then they were able to go back to that 4-3-2 to, to kind of finish and, and just play in counter-attack. Good for Belkonen United. We know that they've been strong all season and they've proved that they can be strong despite um, adverse circumstances. For the academy, I think it's a, uh, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate because the the game, the cup game, was actually uh, a much better fair, I reckon, from the academy. And now that they actually had, you know, circumstances going their way, um, they were not able to uh, to take advantage of it, and and they see Bacon United slowly leaving on the on the table. So yeah, kudos to the Blue Devil. Unfortunate for the for the academy. And another team in that race played this weekend in the reigning champions, Canberra, Croatia. Michael, what was the score on that one? Yes, Matt, uh, we had Canberra, Croatia up against ANUWFC in this one. It was uh, Canberra, Croatia 5, uh, ANUW uh, 1. Mitchell with a hat-trick, 
Moses with two goals. And for ANUW, it was Miguel Gutt with the goal for the visitors in this contest. You know, Canberra Croatia, like they have so, done so many times, uh, especially when they play at home, you know, they proved to be too good on this occasion against uh, ANUW, who are obviously newcomers in this in this competition. Sorry. Uh, Mitchell uh, shone through in this match as her hat-trick was very well taken with, with some very nice goals. And obviously the same goes for Mazes with her double if everyone was able to sort of see the goals scored in that match. So well done to the both of them. And for Mitchell in particular, you know, scoring a hat-trick when we're so used to seeing someone like Britt Palombi uh, scoring, uh, you know, goals at a amazing rate, it sort of just goes to show the depth in this Canberra-Croatia squad that they have the talent to go and bag goals uh, through other players themselves. So that's only a compliment to them and the improvements and the stature at which they're held, uh, which is obviously they're held at a really high standard. They're They're a great team and they have been for a very, very long time. You know, they played some very good football throughout the match and I think that sort of went to show again why you know, Matt, like you said, they're the reigning champions. Uh, they sort of set that standard and that's sort of been projected across the league. And, you know, obviously for ANUW, I think overall in this match, they'll obviously be disappointed to have lost by a reasonably uh, big scoreline. But, you know, in this instance, they're coming up against quality opposition, you know, an opposition that is you know, won numerous titles and that plays some of the best football in the MPLW. So I actually think in this case, you know, watching that match, that this will actually prove to be a valuable lesson for a club like ANUW uh, in this competition. And it will help them sort of progress forward as the season goes on. You sort of just need those experiences against some of the best teams in the competition in order to sort of give yourself an idea of where you're at currently and, the level that you aspire to get to, which is, you know, at the level of like a Canberra Croatia or a Canberra Olympic of more recent time as an example. So a very good 90-minute uh, performance, I felt, from Canberra Croatia in this one. Jeremy, what were your thoughts uh, on this uh, contest? Obviously, uh, a straightforward win for Canberra Croatia in this match, but ANUW made a good account of themselves as well. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's fitting that we are on the uh, M&M podcast to talk about the uh, M&M show that was going on uh, on Sunday with with Mitchell and Mazzy really uh, making the difference for uh, for Canberra Croatia. You said a hat trick for Mitchell, a, a brace, and two assists for Tatum Mazzy, who uh, two players who just signed for Canberra Croatia over the summer. So Zoran Glavinic must be over the moon that. As you said, he doesn't have to rely only on Brittany Palombi, who's already scored six goals this season, to uh to to deliver some some solid and product and, and beautiful goals as well. Whether it's the run from Mazi, the pass from Jamie ba- Berkeley on that um second goal, and and all three goals from uh, Charlie Mitchell. To be honest, she's got she's got a really powerful uh, shot on her. Um, Nick Brosnich had compared her to Grace Gill on her very first game against Olympic. So it's it's big shoes to fill, uh, but she's definitely uh, showing that she's up to the to the challenge to uh, to be at least as trying to be at least as good as Grace on uh, on our domestic level. As far as the end you go, I, I think it is it is a bit 
too much for them. A, a team like Embra Croatia, we've seen that they can play some very good football and we've seen that they, they're spectacular in the build-up, I've got to say, from the midfield onwards. When the ball goes up, they're strong and defensively they have some some very good players, but it's about that depth. It's about being good for a whole 90 minutes uh, and it's also about not making a single mistake. Every time that they uh, lost the ball or saw one of their passes intercepted, they almost considered straight away. Um, so against team like Embra Croatia, those little details, those little mistakes, well, they're just um, unforgiving and, and they've seen, seen that on, on Sunday. I think it's a, you know, as we all knew, it's a learning curve for, for the ANU and they got that win against Tergrenong early on. That was very encouraging and, and up until then, I think that, that they had always scored first in any of their games as well. Uh, so they've shown that they have the, the, the talent and the ability to cause problems. Unfortunately, at DKM, the team in front of them was a little bit too strong and uh, and maybe ready as well for uh, for the team that the, the, the NU is now because the rest of the competition have seen them play and and won't be surprised anymore by uh, by how strong they've been in the beginning of the season. For Canberra Croatia, it looks like, you know, after all those... Uh, those two losses to Olympic, both in uh, in the WNPL round one and in the uh, um, Federation Cup uh, quarterfinal, they finally readjusted um, the the aim a little bit. That win against Belconen was encouraging, and and the game that they are expected to win, well, they take the three points. Uh, so it's all good for for Zoran Glovenic and and his teams. And it's you know it's going to be a long season, but you want to get all those points early. So it's good to see them, uh, um, as you said, respecting the standard that they expected to uh, to play at. Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, you hit the nail on the head as you so often do when it comes to these MPLW uh, breakdowns. Matt, who do we have uh, next up in MPLW action? Next up, we had a very impressive victory from Gungala United, 5-1 over Tuggerong United. Gunners opened the score in the six, uh, six minutes into this contest. Uh, big ball down the field. Ginger Oliver, who was a terrific in this game as well, ran on to the end of it and squared it past uh, the keeper, and Darby Wiley came in first time, hit it for the goal. In the 23rd minute, Nat DeMarco put a tantalizing through ball to Wiley for her brace to make it 2-0. To round off the scoring in the first stanza, as Russ likes to say, Nat DeMarco neatly cut inside her marker, putting her marker off a bit and buried the shot past the keeper. Great work there from her. To open the scoring in the second half, Sharon Chow received the ball from just outside the box and and smacked it past the keeper into the back of the net. Tuggies got themselves on the score sheet with an absolute screamer from Zoe Williams, which was also her first MPLW goal, so congratulations to her. What a great way to kick off your scoring in the competition. And it was from well outside the box in this one. Absolute corker and dipped below uh, the crossbar and above Kaylee Tanini to make it part to make it four one. Just before the end of the game, Gunners scored their final goal. Another screamer as Rachel Corbett, I believe it was, um, struck a similar shot to Williams, except closer in, right uh, for the top left corner as a dip down. Another great goal there. Uh, fantastic performance from Bengali United who. Uh, seem to be throwing their hat into the ring uh, in this um, in this uh, title fight. Great form after tying with Croatia uh, last week, I believe it was, and knocking out Canberra Olympic from the Fed Cup. Both of those uh, results aren't any 
um, aren't exactly easy to come by and they were able to do so. Uh, also, a few more shots that hit the crossbar and hit the bar in this one as well that, and other shots that were saved by Sammy Ems. Agagala now find themselves in fourth place uh, with 10 points and a match in hand. Two points behind Belko and Olympic and three points behind Canberra, Croatia. Huggies uh, had a great shot saved early on into the encounter. It would have been interesting to see how the match would have played out had they scored three minutes in. Um, they looked lively early early on. Not much uh, could have been done for the goals, uh, to be fair to Sammy Ems there. Overall, though, not the best day at the office for Tagranong, uh, but they have shown this season uh, that they will fight back, and I don't doubt they will heading forward. Uh, it was just probably a matter of Gungalan were just too strong on the day. What are your thoughts on this one, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, you, you've come into the game with, with Russ and, and great shot, uh, by the way, the, for, for both of you. Uh, it, it was a great game. I think the Gunners are, you know, where we have wanted them to be for the past couple of years, right? We were... Uh, who we are sort of like teased by the quality uh, of the game under Diego Iglesias, and then and then it sort of took a dip, and we didn't really understand why, because the team seemed to be uh, fairly the same, and we know how good the culture is in that club. Uh, but but right now it looks like everything is taking shape nicely under Andrew Woodman. Of course, there's the addition of the uh, of the two American players, Michelle Weneke and Emily Kelly, uh, who are who are doing really a good work there. Uh, at Gangarin and, and we see it every single week. There's that depth, you know, when you're able to to sub in Jade Brown, Rachel Corbett, um, you know, players that could could be in the starting eleven any day of the week. And last week against Canberra Croatia, it was Sharon Chow uh, who came in and, and Darby Whiteley as well. And Al Whiteley scores a couple of goals this week. Uh, I think I think we're seeing a team that is confident, that is happy to play with each other. Uh, and when you have uh, Nat Andres Iniesta De Marco in the middle of the park who, who does deliver those beautiful passes and then uh, finishes the way she did, I mean, you know, what, what can happen really? Uh, you know, shout out to her sister, by the way, Estela DeMarco, who was celebrating a, a hundred WNPL game uh, on the day, which is which is great to to see. And and again, it's a testament to how great this this program has been in in recent years. I think for Togonong, it's uh, they're starting to see what the level is if you want to be in the top four, because the Gunners look like they will want to be in the top four until the very end. Uh, so although we see every single week. Um, you know, moments where the Tigers can be dangerous. And, and you said very early on, they almost scored. But of course, you got Emily Kelly uh, on the other side. Uh, it's the same as the ANU and, and the same that we'll say about really the academy and, and the Wanderers. It's that learning curve where the difference between, you know, being a successful program and a highly successful program uh, is being able to be strong for 90 minutes and solid defensively and the intensity. And, and that's what that's everything that the Gunners are bringing right now. Um, so it, it's going to be uh, well, it's going to be a great week, I think, for for the the Gunners with that game against Olympic at the end of the week as well. Uh, but I think we we finally kicked off that season where we were wondering who was going to uh, to fight for the final while the Gunners nicely inviting them to a uh, to that battle, and it's all the better for the neutral viewer. It certainly is, and that top of the table, like we mentioned. Uh, is so, so tight at the moment, only six rounds in, which means there's a lot more uh, talking points to come. And one of those teams that are in that race, Michael, also had an impressive victory this weekend. They did, Matt. Canberra Olympic, 6-1 victors over West Canberra. Wanderers, it was 
There's Jaloka Gurney with a double, Thornton, Zabel, and As planned on the score sheet for the hosts and Whitfield on the score sheet for the visiting Wanderers outfit. Uh, Canberra Olympic, uh, just too good on this occasion for the struggling uh, West Canberra Wanderers uh, this season. I mean, we we know the struggles that the latter have gone through to start the 2023 campaign, and it didn't really make their causes any easier when they were coming up against a quality side away from home in Canberra Olympic. So, yeah, Olympic were actually unlucky not to take the lead on a few occasions uh, as they struck the post uh, a few times before Jaloka gave them the lead uh, in this match in the 20, uh, on the 20-minute mark. And that was followed by Gurney, uh, Olivia Gurney scoring uh, the second goal of the game just before the half-hour mark uh, to make it 2-0. They then made it 3-0 through Thornton in the 31st minute before West Canberra Wanderers were dealt a big blow uh, as it was 4-0 at halftime. So that made things really difficult for West Canberra. You know, going in at 3-0 obviously is no team that, no situation, sorry, that any team wants to be in going into the halftime break. But obviously being down three goals would have been better than being four goals down. So, I mean, the confidence would have just been at, at a low at that point. It, it's hard to then pick yourself up and come back out for the second half to try and get yourself back into the game. And Olympic then just carried on that momentum into the second half. They obviously scored uh, through Zabel uh, in the 66th minute before Aspland scored in the 79th minute to make it 6-0. They did, however, uh, West Canberra Wanderers get themselves a consolation goal 10 minutes from time from Whitfield uh, to soften the blow Um as you could say, uh, at least give themselves a bit of a consolation in this match for their hard work. So, Jeremy, what were your sort of what was your reaction to this result? Obviously, Canberra Olympic, fantastic performance at home. Some really good goals. They really set themselves on the put themselves sorry on the front foot by scoring four goals in the first half. And for West Canberra it seems to be an ongoing struggle to try and get their season started. Yeah, it was a it was a professional performance for, for Canberra Olympic. I mean, you expect them to win against the the team that's at the bottom of the table, but there's there's ways of doing it. Uh, and, and you know, to to be perfectly honest, I thought Olympic at times in in the first few games of the season um, sort of struggled to find a solution up front and and to try and and really build their football the way we used to see them doing it. Um, so so to see that they were able to sort of put that constant pressure on the Wanderers. Uh, you know, must be reassuring for Nicole Begg and and for her uh, and for her team. Uh, besides that, you know, you're playing against a Wanderers team that is, I, I think, you know, really struggling with their own confidence. Uh, and when and when you know they finally sort of like get their act together and and think that they can find uh, a way to score, well, you got the you got Janet King, you got the post, you got the crossbar that shot from Caitlin Colwell um, just after the first goal from Olympic was beautiful and unfortunately uh, ends up uh, on on the crossbar and bounces just in front of the goal line. So, you know, when he doesn't want it, he doesn't want to. So, uh, you know, I kind of feel for Ray Castro when when you're at that point. L luckily, you know, if you have to see the, the bright side, you got Sarah Whitfield who's finally um, finding the back of the net and we know how important she can be offensively 
for West Canberra. So hopefully it's a way for them to slowly build uh, on and, and then the, the next few games, they, they can hopefully finally get a point because, you know, we never want to see a team that's, uh, that, you know, that's solo on the bottom of the table. We want everybody to get points and uh, we, we want the, the teams to progress to get to the level of the other team. And there's plenty of talent in that West Canberra Wanderers team, plenty of former academy players in there so we know that they claim can play football it's about playing together and and getting the results for olympic like, like i said professional performance uh good to see everybody going onto the score sheet I, I don't know why when i watched the game i thought it was maggie whittle who had scored uh the the goal on the corner kick but it was given to thornton so I'll, I'll blame my eyes uh yesterday for not watching well when i was looking at at the at the game and, and sorry for Mikaela if I if I gave the ball to Matty to Maddie. Uh but it, it's it's good to see you know all those experienced players finding the back of the net. You know I thought Nicole Jaloka since she had left Belco um last year wasn't in, in a great form in front of goal and now it's two goals in two games. Uh, you know can only do a world of good for her because you know she's she's a she's got that winning mentality and when she can find the back of the net and she's just going to get stronger and stronger, unfortunately for uh, our opponents uh, and then seeing Maggie Whittle nicely um, going into the fall, Jasmine Zabel, who's now a mainstay in, in the first team uh, and uh, players like Mickey Tonton, Olivia Gurney, uh, bring, bringing what they should bring to that team. It's going to be a strong team from the beginning to the end. I thought they were a little bit below what I expect from them early in the season. So seeing them getting those results that they should be getting, um, to me, is reassuring. And, and yeah, again, a nice way for us to uh, to to look forward to that game that we can't miss on Sunday between Canberra Olympic and Gunga United. Yeah, that's going to be an absolute cracker that I'm sure Matt's about to get into when he goes through the MPLW round seven fixtures. So Matt, take it away. Yeah, and that is one of the matches, but we do start off at ANU WFC against Belconnen United Sunday, May 21, 3 p.m. at ANU South Oval. West Canberra Wanderers against Canberra Croatia Sunday, May 21, 3 p.m. at Melrose Synthetic. Canberra United Academy against Tuggeranong United, May 21, 3 p.m. as well at Hawker Football Centre. And the big one, Gangala United against Canberra Olympic, only two points separating them at the moment. Sunday, May 21, 3 p.m. at Gungahlin Enclosed. They are the round seven matches before uh, the the fixtures get reversed and we uh, every team plays each other for the second of three rounds, let's call it. Two games midweek as well. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. On, on, on Wednesday, Canberra Olympic is playing against... Um, the ANUW and and Turgonong United's playing against Belkoden. I'll be commentating uh, that Turgonong against Belkoden game with uh, with Andrew Woodman at Canberra, 7 p.m. kickoff on Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, Canberra Olympic big week, uh, playing three times and then mm. uh, facing Gungahlin at the end. It's not going to be easy. Oh no, it's so certainly won't. There's a few teams there with those matches in hand, like you mentioned. Uh, thanks for joining us, Jeremy, as always. And any last words or plugs uh, before you sign off? No, thanks for having me and uh, and congratulations on that uh, thousand follower. You guys oh, deserve yeah. it. You're doing great work. It was, uh, it was good to see. Well, well spotted, Michael. And uh, and I'm glad that you guys, that everybody's listening to you guys. That's where uh, Canberra football is at. Appreciate it, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. CPL section of the show. Now, let's get straight into it. Wagga City Wanderers 2-0 victory over Queanbeyan City. 35 minutes um, 
in sorry, 35 minutes into this contest, uh, Queenbeam went down to 10 men as Daniel Felizzi was shown a red card uh, for a challenge uh, on Sam Samson Lucas. Uh, however, Samson came out of it, uh, had the worst of, of it. Uh, it was reported on Facebook that he uh, suffered a broken leg, so um, not good to hear. Best of luck. Uh, to Samson on his recovery. Hopefully he makes a speedy one and we see him back on the pitch uh, as soon as he can. And uh, classy response as well on the comment section from from uh, Felizzi there on Facebook. So again, best of luck to Samson on that recovery. The first goal of the game came 20 minutes into the second half as Morris Cazzola scored from the pe penalty spot. Uh, the penalty uh, was his seventh goal of the season, which puts him solely at the top of the CPL goal scoring chart. So well done to Morris there. It went from bad to worse for Queenbian as they went down to nine men. Dylan Colbertaldo received a yellow card, a second yellow card, his second of the game, and he was sent off five minutes after the second yellow. Wagga scored again, this time through Thomas Yongai. Import, uh, this is an important victory for Wagga as this launched them back into the top four with nine points. Two below Belk, uh, sorry, two below Belka and Queenbeam, who and uh, Wagga are now one point above ANU and the Brindies in that fourth spot. Uh, so that helped them leapfrog there. Queenbeam's loss mean they now drop to joint second, uh, behind Ugali by one point. And they do trail Belco on goal difference. Uh, in terms of the ladder, this has uh, definitely spiced things up as uh, Ugali last week or the week before throwing their hat into the ring. Uh, so already we've got such a race with six rounds in. And it's only going to get um, more interesting from here. Uh, Michael, what was our next matchup? It, it was another competitive one. It definitely was another competitive one. Brindabella Blues 2, ANU FC 2. Scafer and Wilkes on the score sheet for the Blues and Gibson and Hadley for ANU. Brindies endured a rough start as they went down to 10 men with Daniel uh, Kadavid. Uh, Munoz was shown a red 10 minutes into the match. So obviously not the ideal start for Brindabella Blues being down to 10 men for a majority of this game. Despite having the numerical disadvantage, though, it was the hosts that were able to take the lead through none other than Curtis Schaefer, Matt. He always ends up on the score sheet for Brindabella. This is his third goal of the campaign. And you had a quick response, though, to the hosts going up, and two minutes later, they leveled through Jack Gibson. Brindies once again took the lead with 15 minutes to go as Henry Wilkes struck uh, for the uh, Cornwall base side. This is also his third goal of the season to match uh, the other goal scorer, Curtis Scafers, that I mentioned just a moment ago. But it seemed like uh, Brindies were going to hold on to victory despite the numerical disadvantage they were at, there was some late drama. ANU leveled the scoring very late on with two minutes remaining of regular time. I mean, this was just absolute drama, Matt, especially considering that Brindabella were down to 10 men in this one, but ANU, they grabbed the late point. They grabbed the late equaliser to come away with 
a draw. So the point for ANU means that they now have been uh, leapfrogged by Wagga and sit in fifth place tied with Brindis. However, they lead them on goal difference and they're only one point off the top four. So things are still uh, not all doom and gloom for uh, the ANU outfit. A resilient performance from the Brindies, nevertheless, despite being a man down, they almost had all three points. They'll actually be disappointed that they weren't able to get all three points despite the numerical disadvantage they found themselves at. But, you know, similar to ANU, they're tied in fifth. They trail only on goal difference and they're only one point off the top four, like we just mentioned with ANU. So the race is becoming very, very close already for positions inside that top four. So CPL, there's a lot of action going on and plenty of entertainment and, of course, plenty of drama as there always seems to be. Matt, who have we got uh, next up? Talk about cracking goals. You're about to get into one. Yeah, uh, this one was another absolute cracker, like you said. Belconnie United won 1-0 in this encounter over Canberra White Eagles. Robbie Katnak was the one to score, uh, winding back the clock. The only match, the only goal of the match, one minute into the second half. Um, his first goal as well since coming out of retirement, uh, like, like we mentioned before, was an absolute cracker. Struck from well outside the box. I believe it was from a corner. Uh, first... Yeah, he hit it first time off the bounce, bit of a volley, dipped dipped up and down into the back of the net. Um, Russ has it on his Facebook page. Belco as well, I believe, now have it on their Facebook page also, if you want to go check it out. Uh, from all accounts, White Eagles were competitive uh, in this encounter and made Belco work for the win. Uh, the table probably doesn't reflect a lot of their performances uh, this season as they sit in seventh place with five points. As mentioned previously, though, uh, they only need a win, and they will be back into the thick of things. Belconnen, on the other hand, uh, this win uh, gives them a big leap back into the thick of things. Uh, they now sit in second place, as we mentioned before, one po- uh, one point behind new tabletop as Ugali, tied second with Queanbeyan, lead them on goal difference. Uh, they showed a lot last week uh, despite their draw to Queanbeyan, so they will feel this win was important for them to gain that ground. Uh, Michael, I mentioned before the new tabletoppers and they were in action uh, this weekend. Yes, they were. And they got a very, very impressive win away from home. Canberra Ventus nil, Yulgali Soccer Club four. Goals from an own goal uh, from Matthews, Bailey, Donadell and Pinto on the score sheet for the visiting outfit on this occasion. You know, Yulgali, they got off to a quick start as they opened the scoring at Ainsley through an own goal from Matthews, like I just touched on. Player coach Darren Bailey doubled the scoring for the away side to make it 2-0 in the 37th minute. The fullback has been on fire, hasn't he, Matt, in CPL this season, especially in that player coach role that he has taken up at Yulgali. You know, he has been fantastic down that wing and... You know, this goal, you know, takes his tally up to six for the season. And, you know, it's absolutely remarkable what sort of he's been able to do since he's come back uh, for Yulgali. So and a sensational uh, sort of vein of form that he finds himself in. And it just goes to show how big his influence is. Um, and now he's uh, second on the goal scoring charts. So, you know, 
know, being out sort of on the on the wing and not a striker, obviously, but he finds himself up there with uh, contending for the golden boot. So I'm sure he'll just want to keep that going and maybe even pick it up uh, for himself. But just before halftime, Donadell solidified the lead for the Griffith base side as he scored his second goal of the season. Uh, Yulgali started the second half just as strong as they did uh, in the first with a goal from Remain Pinto six minutes into the second half. Obviously, they were in full command and control at this point, and it just goes to show it was another very strong performance from Yulgali. Their fourth win in a row too, Matt. So it just goes to show how well and how confident they're playing at the moment. You know, their first win away from home as well. So that's only going to propel them to continue to do good things on the road. You know, you know they've been re- rewarded, sorry, for their recent form. You know, as they've leapfrogged uh, Queanbeyan to the top of the table, they lead by one point and have, you know, they've thrown their hat right in there to, you know, potentially win the title and get promoted, which maybe is not a conversation we would have even thought about having, uh, you know, before the season kicked off. But, you know, anything can happen in this league and it goes to show that there's definitely a lot more unpredictability around the CPL this season in terms of who's going to get that promotion because it really does seem like numerous teams can go out there and claim it for themselves. So you love this, love to see the element of competition. It's going to come right down to the wire, I feel, Matt. I'm not sure about you, but it's going to be really, really close in CPL this year. It could come down to, you know, a point, a game, a goal. You never really know. You never know, but I'm here for the ride, as I'm sure you are. So it's going to be absolutely uh, fantastic. But, you know, a tough day in the office for Canberra Juventus as they, you know, they took on a side in red hot form. And sometimes, you know, it's just really hard to stop a team once they've sort of built that momentum for themselves. You know, they're sitting eighth place, two points off White Eagles, and they're five points off Brindy and ANU. You know, they, they have yet uh, to get another point since their opening round victory against White Eagles. So they'll be obviously itching to get back on the winner's side of things, Matt, because you don't want to go, you know, more and more games, not picking up wins. So they'll be desperate to get themselves back in the winner's circle, which I'm sure they're more than capable of doing, as I just mentioned, after they beat White Eagles in the opening round of the season. Matt, what are our CPL round seven fixtures for this upcoming weekend? Some great games uh, on display. Certainly is, especially after we've talked about um, how unpredictable and how um, just how exciting this CPL season has been. We kick it off with Canberra White Eagles against Wagga City Wanderers Saturday, May 20th, 3 p.m. at Woden Park Enclosed. Queen City against Canberra Juventus Saturday, May 23 p.m. at High Street. ANUFC against Belconnie United Saturday, May 23, 15 p.m. at ANU South Oval. And to cap off the round, Ugali SC against Brindabella Blues, uh, Sunday, May 20, 1.30 p.m. at Solar Mad Stadium over in Griffith. Some absolutely tantalizing fixtures there. If you guys are free and you want to check out some CPL action, there's plenty to check out there. And as always, Ugali stream their home matches live on Facebook. So you can go check that out on their Facebook page there. Michael, 
Uh, it was one hell of a weekend of football and a full weekend of uh, football, uh, thanks to the really good weather, actually. Uh, so let's hope that continues this weekend. Any last words before we sign off? Fingers crossed uh, we get some very, very good weather. So it can possibly treat us to some more goals. I'm not sure if we're going to be outdone by what we saw this past weekend in terms of some of the quality strikes that we that we saw and that were on display. But nevertheless, we hope that, you know, there are some fantastic games, some great results, um, possibly some surprises in there as well that I'm sure we'll be able to possibly dissect as well. So looking forward to what's ahead and breaking it down as usual. Yeah, it should be good as always. Thank you very much, everyone. That was episode 78 of the Canberra Football Show. Uh, Canberra Football Show, our round six review. Have a great week, everybody. And as always, enjoy the football.